Hey everyone, welcome to episode 26 of Student Radio Stories. This episode includes an interview with Tom Glenwright. Tom is a graduate of Student Radio who is also still involved with his university student radio station to this day. Tom is also a freelancer for his BBC local radio station as part of BBC Newcastle. One of Tom's main focus that we hear about in this episode is his involvement with Station Sound. Let's get into the interview and hear more from Tom about his time in student radio and his radio journey so far. So I'm here with Tom Glenwright. So Tom, what is your current job now in the radio industry? Um, so at the minute I'm working as a freelancer. So it's kind of good because you're not tied to any one company. Um, so mainly at the minute, it's mainly working in Station Sound for BBC, mainly BBC Local Radio, BBC Radio Newcastle. So what do you enjoy about working for BBC Local Radio? Um, I think in particular now, you know, I think the, the one advantage that there is now is that, you know, a few years ago, there was quite a lot of local radio in and around. Obviously, sadly, that's slowly getting smaller. And I think as the number of local stations around sort of the northeast and the rest of the UK in general has started to go down, I think BBC local radio has become all more important. Um, in particular, you know, because I think, you know, when you look at a lot of the stations, especially now that Bowers obviously bought up all of these local stations from like Wireless Group and UKRD and they're slowly becoming hits radio and greatest hits radio, I think it just makes BBC Local Radio all that bit more important. And I think especially that now that like it's that local connection, I think that you can't get on a national station. Yeah, you're definitely lucky to be in the job you have right now to be in local radio while it is still around, because like you say, it is sort of disappearing. Yeah, and I think it's scary because I think nobody quite knows, like if you'd said five or six years ago that all of these stations like Heart and Capital and all the hits radio stations were going to be as they are now. I think someone would have laughed in your face, but it's. It, I think the industry it moves so fast that like sometimes people can find it hard to keep up. And I think, I think I am very lucky to be one of the people that has managed to get a job and is currently uh, being able to work in radio when the industry is kind of the size it is now. Yeah, definitely. Because the local radio disappearing means that people like sort of in student radio, we're like losing those opportunities to go into local radio because it means it's going to be harder for us as we're going to have to, find the big jobs in the bigger radio stations yeah i think there's a i know there's a lot of discussion about this um i do i will say i don't think even though i think it's definitely harder to get into radio now than it was years ago because it is you know the stations and the jobs are getting smaller but i definitely don't think it is impossible and i think it is still without sounding very generic i think it is still about selling yourself and having that selling point so that when somebody sees what you can do they want you to come and work for them yeah i suppose it's just about showing what skills that you do have to make you stand out yeah a hundred percent so i think with me i was in quite a fortunate position that station sound isn't necessarily the, the most like mainstream thing that what you know when people are in student radio I think a lot of people want to be presenters or a lot of people want to be like a breakfast show producer and I think they're kind of the main things that everyone kind of jumps for uh, especially with presenters you know there's so many people I think that 
come straight into radio and all they want to do is just be a presenter. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's, you know, obviously, I think, you know, there's people, there's going to be a shortage of presenters. There's always going to be new presenters coming up. But I think, you know, there's so many people that can just come in and they want to be the next Greg James or they want to be the next Clara Anfo or they want to be the next Amy Vivian, etc. And I think with something like station sound you know people or people will be like oh yeah i want to i want to produce chris miles breakfast show and i think when you when you and i kind of come in i'm like oh i do station sound everyone's like oh hello so the way i got into station sound was um our so basically our on-air imaging producer left um, and got a job in real radio should we say um, so and I kind of liked editing stuff, so I thought, you know, what, I'll give it a go, and um, I just kind of got into it, and then just became obsessed with it. And then, I think the thing with Station Sound is, when you get into something like that, you really your sort of editing skills and your production skills really accelerate a lot, a long way, and it ends up having a positive impact on the rest of the work you do. So you know, if you're going to be a breakfast show producer, you'll be expected to edit a lot of calls. Um, and I think if the stuff you pick up in doing something like Station Sound, you know, you, you can learn a lot of tricks for editing stuff and things like that, which end up bouncing back sort of. And then when you are doing something like editing audio for like a breakfast show or cutting down an interview, uh, you can end up doing a much more effective job at that than you would have done because you've got that experience in doing something in the deep end like Station Sound, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think, like you say, it's about stepping away from sort of the mainstream, because I think when you think of radio, you do think of the presenter role and then everything else seems to be behind the scenes. So from your experience, do you think that sort of over time there's been a focus on presenting and now it's only just the other roles that are being more open and talked about now? I think the roles have always been there, but it's been something that people have to look for. So I think, you know, everyone knows you can be a presenter. Everyone knows that you can want to be like a, a national breakfast show presenter on Radio 1 or Capital or Heart or whatever it is. Um, but I think when people say producer, a lot of people just they instantly think of someone that, you know, like, I guess someone like Chris for Scott and Chris, who just sort of produces and then does stuff on air, or they'll think of someone that just maybe sits behind the scenes and speaks to callers and there's so much more to behind the scenes I, I I think that is the thing now that now that the roles are getting smaller people are sort of taking more of an interest in what actually goes on in a producer role rather than just they're a producer because there's so many I mean you know if you work on like a national breakfast show there can be the executive producer then there can be someone who like an assistant producer who will maybe work on the calls and editing things and there might be a, someone who just answers the phones and there's so many roles like that and then obviously like I say the station sound there might be someone that works on content and people that come up with show ideas and there is these so many roles that I think in the past they were sort of all sort of seen as just being the same thing and I think that's where a lot of people have sort of taken more of an interest now because I think there's all I think the one thing as well is you get a lot of people who will always say oh I'm happy being a presenter or a producer but then if you speak to them about being a presenter they seem to know exactly what they want to be or where they want to be whereas when you speak about a producer it always seems to sort of be the second thing and they're just sort of like oh yeah I'd maybe like to produce this show and you're like well do you know anything about it yeah, I think because personally for me, I've been a producer and a presenter for my radio station. So it's nice to have that knowledge of being both sides and seeing how both roles work. I think one thing that's interesting as well is I think both roles can kind of support each other. So 
if you are a good producer, you can become a better presenter because you know you know how to create things, you know how to edit things to sound good. You know, if you're a good producer, you, you should be able to have an input on what the presenter is doing on air and if you think it's a good idea or if you think it's a bad idea. And I think in the other way, it also sort of reflects. So if you're a producer who's become a presenter, you can sort of see what it's like for being on the, behind the desk and speaking into the microphone and you sort of get a bit of an, I think the two kind of complement each other. So if you're a presenter you, and you then you become a producer, you sort of already know a bit about how the presenter role works and, if, and switcheroo if you're, and then it, it, like if you're a producer and then you become a presenter, I think you sort of get a lot more understanding of, you know, putting the show together and what goes on behind the scenes rather than just fading up a microphone and talking about what little mix had for dinner last night or whatever <laughs> yeah definitely they do work well together and um going on from this so you said you sort of freelance and especially in bbc local radio what roles do you have so you, there's sort of there's always cover that's will come up from time to time so you know it might be uh, assistant producing a show certain shows have producers some shows don't or it can be something like um, book NCA booking. So sometimes if a guest will come in who's going to be doing an interview for Five Live, uh, they might come into the studio in Newcastle rather than going down to London. Uh, they might come into the studio and just do it over an ISDN link from one of the little studio booths in Newcastle. Um, so things like that. And for, for me, mainly it's uh, station sound. So there's a station sound producer who sort of works on a few things. And when they go off, I'll sort of come in and fill the role while he's away. So what previous experience have you had of working in the radio industry? So when I was in, I think it was third year of uni, um, I went to do some work experience at Global in the Northeast, so on Heart and Capital. And um, it just so happened that the week I came in was the week that the Manchester Arena attacks happened. So obviously that kind of got cancelled. And obviously it was a really weird time back then. I think you remember everyone was kind of just like, in shock and you know it was it was a very strange atmosphere just like everywhere you were going um so it got rescheduled um till the summer someone was off for a week and they went um oh do you want to come in and help out for that week uh, so i basically came in and because this person was off i was basically just doing what the producer would have been doing so um i sort of i was answering calls uh taking callers um they would sort of Sometimes they would say like, oh, can you edit this or can you produce this? And I'd do that. And then they'd sort of check it over and be like, yeah. And they'd show it how, how to put it in the system and stuff. And then I obviously did something right that week because they said, oh, do you want to come back for two weeks in the summer? And um, so I'd, I went and came back for two weeks in the summer. And I was do doing the same kind of things. But when I was producing things, I was no longer had to get them to come through and check it they would just say yeah we trust you that's fine you can just put it straight in the system and if I ever had any ideas I could start coming up with that so I think it was just there it was just impressing and like I say they the one thing they did someone did say to me was that they have so many people that come in on work experience who just want to be a presenter and they don't necessarily know much of what's going on they can come up with ideas and stuff but you know in terms of the editing and what really goes on behind the scenes um, I was one of the few people that actually came through and like just knew stuff off by heart and that was one of the things that impressed them and sometimes because they knew I did station sound and they knew I could do sort of good things with like production sometimes if they knew I was coming in to do a work experience shift they would um they would say like oh well we've got a production thing we'll wait till Tom comes in and Tom can help work on it and um, so yeah I think it was really just there it was having that sort of unique selling point and just showing that you're not 
I think sometimes a good, another good thing is to use your initiative. So, you know, obviously you don't want to come in and look like you own the place, but you know, if, if you sort of got like a bit of a silly question, you know, rather than going out your way and saying, Oh, is it okay if I do this? Just think, yeah, this sounds good. I'm just going to do it. And if they don't like it, then I can change it. Um, so yeah, so I did, so I did little shifts there on and off and it was, and obviously that was so much fun. And then off the back of that, I, um, I, I started doing the street team, at Nick Sun FM, uh, in Sunderland. Um, and off the back of that, I got a few tech op shifts and obviously this was all paid. Um, so the street team stuff, uh, street team, by the way, is a really good way to get into the industry because obviously once you go into the street team you're a face around the office everyone knows your name and then i think you know if you're if you're applying for work experience somewhere i think you know if they're very rushed or they're really busy it can be very easy for them to just sort of put the email to the side whereas if you're someone that they end up knowing personally then all of a sudden you're a bit more important because they kind of have to reply to you because otherwise you know they're kind of mugging off someone that they know <laughs> yeah. yeah and then you we got a few tech off shifts from that and that was all really good and it, like I say it was just dead casual and then from the back of that um it was so the way I got into BBC Newcastle BBC Radio Newcastle so it was when the networked evening shows went back to being local and they just rolled out a brand new evening show and they were looking to get some new imaging for it because obviously the current station imaging that there was at the time didn't really reflect the sort of evening show which was targeting a younger audience um, and obviously this is the thing because I did station sounds uh, someone mentioned my name and then I came in and I did so I, I went in and they sort of sent us the brief and I sort of made some imaging for that and then off the back of that they went um, would you be interested in covering some station sound shifts and then the rest was history Oh, wow. You definitely had a lot of radio experience along the way. And well, do you think it's important to have these variety of skills that you've sort of talked about, like your station sound and the sort of different things that you can bring to the station? A hundred percent. I think, I mean, obviously not everyone needs to know how to make station sound. I'm not, I'm not implying that, but I think it's, there needs to be, you need to know more than the basics. I think the good way of thinking of it is, imagine so if you're going to maybe apply for work experience or something you should imagine think that there's going to be so many other people in your position that are doing it what could you do, what is going to make you better than them you know i mean in the least arrogant way possible you've got a you've got to remember if there's five or six people coming in on work experience what is you know if they're all doing the exact same things you need to do something that's going to make you stand out and look better so you know obviously so you know if you're really good at editing or you're really creative I, I mean, a good example I had was, um, so when I was doing work experience at Heart, um, they had like a, a talk topic that they were going to do on the breakfast show in the morning. And, but yeah, it was something to do with like, have you ever um, told a porky pie to sort of give yourself an advantage or something? And it just so happened that I knew someone that was going for a job interview <laughs> and um, they bumped into someone else who was going for the same job interview so they lied to them and told them it was somewhere else so that they oh didn't no. turn up to the interview <laughs> and I thought oh my god this is so funny so I, I spoke to them and I said oh would you be interested in coming on and telling the story and they were like yeah sure so obviously I came I didn't I said like oh I've got a call lined up for years and they took the call and they found it was hilarious and, and they were really impressed with it and just things like that you know just sometimes using your initiative and you know, and also just being a help, you know, don't like, don't wait for them to come and speak to you 
about stuff, you know. So if you're on a work experience shift and they're doing something, just say, you know, can I help? If they're editing something, say, oh, I can use Adobe Audition really well. Uh, do you want me to give me a copy and I'll see if I can edit something for you? Just trying to take some of the workload off them. Because at the end of the day, you've got to think if someone's in on work experience, yeah, you don't know what they're capable of doing. It's up to them to sort of tell you what they can do. So, you know, if you're desperately got five calls that you need to edit to go on the breakfast show and you have no idea whether they can edit or not. You might just think, all oh, right, well, we'll quickly focus on this. If they come to you and say, oh, I can use Adobe Audition. Do you want me to edit them? Um, and you give them them and they've done the job for you, then they're going to stand out. Oh, wow. That's great. Like, that's just mad, that story you told and just the experience <laughs> you've had so far. In particular with that, you know, sometimes I would just, if I came in in the morning, I'd be like, um, oh, what's going on today? I was like, well, tell you what, Sometimes they were like, oh, yeah, we're trying to get a caller for this. And they went, oh, hang on, I'll ring around a few people and see if we can find someone. Um, and again, I've managed to find someone. It is just some things where, because you've got to remember that at the end of the day, it's not necessarily anything personal. But when people are really busy in the, in the industry, um, particularly, you know, if someone's on work experience, I think sometimes it's, it can be hard because you, you need to dedicate some time to help them because they're coming in to learn. But at the same time, even though you're trying to teach them, but at the same time, if they can help you out, because it is that thing, you know, you come in on work experience to get experience at the workplace, but then if you want to sort of get a job there, then you need to show them that you've taken on board what they've shown you and that you can actually do the job. You know, yeah. they're not going to, it sounds cruel, but they're not, they're not going to just keep inviting you back to hopefully train you up to do something unless they're desperate. They're just going to get someone who knows how to do the job. So it's important that you know how to do it. So I understand you're still involved with your university student radio station, Spark Sunderland. What roles have you had in the station over the years? Oh my God, where to start? Um, so I think when we, so when we started off, I, I think the first thing I ever did was we shadowed shadowed slash produced like a daytime show on a Friday afternoon and sort of saw how things happened although it just so happened that the presenter we were shadowing had just done their first ever live show so they got everything wrong and they pressed the wrong buttons they left the microphone faded up and everything so it probably wasn't the best experience um but yeah so we did that and then I think it was a few months later we me and my friend got asked if we wanted to present the early breakfast show on a Sunday morning which uh is probably the worst slot imaginable. But obviously, you just jump at the opportunity to do it. Um, so we did that for, I think it was about a month or so. And it was horrible because, you know, I was 18 at the time. So I was going out on Saturday nights and then not drinking or not drinking much and then dragging myself in in the mornings. It was horrible. But obviously, you do it because you, you want to show that you're interested. And then off the back of that, there was a drive time show that was up for grabs last minute. And we both jumped in and did it. And we I guess we must have done an all right job because they started asking us back to cover breakfast shows and stuff. And then eventually, it's about a year later, I managed to get my own breakfast show and um, I was absolutely bricking it because it was the first time I kind of presented on my own. But, you know, you, you saw, I think, and I remember at the time, right, I as much as I was interested in being a presenter, I couldn't even construct a link together without like basically panicking and having a meltdown on air but and, and it's so strange because obviously now you know I've won a student radio award and it is weird to look back at where I was then and see like that I actually have come further than I think I guess in a way um, and then aside from the presenting so I've done that on and off and I still cover the odd show if they're like really short or really desperate I actually got a message this morning asking if I could do drive time tomorrow which I 
currently haven't replied to yet. Um, <laughs> and then other stuff on the side. Um, I've done the odd bit of street team. Um, I've occasionally produced the odd show if they've needed a producer. When there was the election back in 2016 or whenever it was, or maybe it was Brexit, uh, we worked on the overnight coverage of that. That was a lot of fun. And probably one of the best things we got to do as well is go to festivals and work as like the press behind the scenes, sort of like interviewing artists. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so we it was 2015, someone dropped out really last minute and I got to go to Tea in the Park and honestly, it was mad. I mean, the first day we got to... I mean, obviously, you know, it's student radio, so you're not going to be jumping straight up there and interviewing like the top people. But there is, there's a lot of people, especially some of the bigger artists that are perfectly happy to talk to student radio. So the first day, as soon as we got there, I got to interview uh, Sigma. That was, I remember being absolutely starstruck. So we got to go, we got escorted to the sort of like the press area backstage. And then we got into like what's called the artist village. And Sigma just had a tour bus and we just went on the tour bus and sat down with them. And honestly, that was, it was mental. And then we got to go back the next year and I got to interview Dua Lipa. That was probably still the best interview I've ever done, which obviously she wasn't as big back then as she is now, but yeah. you know, still you, you hold on to it, don't you? Um, and things like that. And then I think it was the, it was later that year, actually, we got to go to Big Reunion Festival, which was sort of which is basically like it it was it sounds really bad it was festival at butlins um but it was actually really good it was basically when the butlin season had finished they turned it into like a massive rave and they had loads of house djs and stuff and uh, we got to interview sagala there so that was really good and yeah just stuff like that which i think at the end of the day when we first started it was you know if you applied for an interview uh whenever an interview would come up so sometimes there would be it would be going to a gig to interview an artist or over the phone or an isdn or whatever and you would always you know you'd apply for stuff but the people at the top of the station have been there longer would always be the the ones with more experience would always get it but you forget that if you keep persisting and starting from the bottom and working up eventually when when they ask for something you're going to be the one that they go to you're the one with the most experience Yeah, I think that's it about student radio. If you show that you're involved and you do want to keep trying to get involved in things that are going on in your station, then that's great. And that's how you will get recognised by people in your station and maybe people outside your station. And yeah, like yeah, 100%. the station's given you lots of opportunities. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm so grateful. I still am, you know, I mean, um, I'm actually doing an interview with Paige from Love Island, who won Love Island uh, later this afternoon um, for a podcast I'm doing. But then it's also getting interviewed to go out on Spark. So, you know, I'm still getting the odd thing here and there. And, you know, it, sometimes it is because obviously, you know, I'm in a weird sort of position where I am kind of working in real radio as well as <laughs> real radio, if you know what I mean, as well yeah. as student radio. I don't know why people call it real radio. It's real radio. But like, you know, at the same time, you know, when people, sometimes they need someone to cover last minute, I'm always happy to just jump in. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I think if they, they've given you so much, all, the, the least you can do is at least give them something back. And in particular, you know, and at the end of the day, it's fun. You know, I wouldn't be involved in it at all if I didn't enjoy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you mentioned you won an SRA award before. So what award did you win? Yeah, so um, I entered to win Best Male. Um, and to, to be honest, this kind of ties in with when I've been doing work experience at Heart and Capital. So they'd been showing me how to get like really good callers and stuff. And I started reflecting this. So I was doing the drive time show at the time um, on Spark. Um, so whenever I was 
so obviously I came back from like work experience at Heart and Capital and I would sort of come on my show and be like, right, I'm going to plan the show like they, they would plan it. And I'd get all these great callers on and I'd do like loads of funny links and stuff. And then I basically thought, all right, so I'd sort of listened back to some of the calls that I'd done and I'd be like, yeah, that sounds okay. I'll put that in and just hope for the best. And then I remember, so we'd done like the SRA training day and then we were at the, where they read out the awards. And I remember um, the presenter, the person that was reading the awards out, they just turned and looked at me before they'd said it. And I thought, what's going on here? And they went, Tom Glenn right, Spark. I was like, I remember just like, literally just tingling all over. I was like, oh my God. And I just, literally just didn't sink in for ages. And I, I literally, I just couldn't believe it. I remember being absolutely shocked. And the, the annoying thing is, right, because I was on work experience at the time, I couldn't go into, I, I couldn't even drink to celebrate it because I had to be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, up the next day early. Um, but, you know, it was, and then obviously, but I, again, I didn't really expect much. And then it was, it finally got around to the Student Radio Awards. And then, so we went, I think we went down to London and we started pre-drinking and, you know, it was all just, it was just like, it was just like a normal night. And then once we got to the actual awards, it started to hit me that like, regardless of what happened my name was going to be getting read out on that screen and I started bricking it I thought oh my god and I started getting really nervous and then it finally got round to the because best male and best female are always like the last categories that get read out as well so it got round to that I thought oh no 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 I was literally so scared and then it got to bronze and then I thought it, and basically so it got a bronze and then they read out the bronze and I thought right okay I've definitely not bronze so I've either not won it or I'm higher up and I thought but I I remember thinking if I did win it it would there's no way I could possibly get higher than a bronze definitely not and then it came up silver and I was like oh my god and I I, I literally didn't say a thing I was just completely silent and then you no know everyone's way. jumping around you being like yeah well done uh, which seems quite seems like ages ago now with all the social distancing but obviously at the time everyone was like jumping on top you'd be like yeah well done and like I remember I just couldn't believe it and then obviously the first thing you realize is right I'm gonna have to drink and drink and drink to celebrate this uh, but I'm also gonna have to network um, and yeah I literally spent the rest of the night trying to network and also down in bonkers on the dance floor. I feel like these events are great for that because it's like the I Love Student Radio Awards at the conference and the Student Radio Awards evening it's great because if you do get recognised for an award or your name is just even up there on the screen, then people will sort of know your name. And there is sort of the celebrities in the radio industry out of these events. So it's a great time to get yourself into networking. Oh, 100%. I mean, I'm not even, I'm not exaggerating here, but I, I mean, when I look back at like last, last year when I won the award, I like student, the student radio awards is probably like, what are the best nights out you'll do like the whole year like like forget like any nights out in in the city center like uh, any clubs or anything like it is like it's one of those it's one of those where you'll get back from the awards and you'll just keep thinking back to it like when you've been on holiday or at a festival it is it genuinely is one of them so as mentioned previously talking about your university time what made you want to get involved with your university student radio station <laughs> to be honest, I mean, a lot of people say that, you know, they get, they start doing studying media or whatever they're doing at uni and they just sort of take an interest in the radio. For me, it was the opposite way around. I did a media course because I wanted to get into radio. So as soon as 
I mean, the main reason I went to Sunderland is because I, I saw Spark and I thought, that looks amazing. I want to get involved with that. So basically, like, the second that we started the course, I think we had the first week where you sort of get the induction and haven't got a clue what's going on. And then there was a Spark meeting the week after. And the whole the whole theatre was just packed with people who were interested. And obviously, you know, a lot of the people that... It was basically like the full course that came to the meeting. Um, obviously, a lot of those people didn't end up getting involved at all. But uh, I did. And then that was just jump straight in that straight in from there so what were some of your highlights from your time in student radio winning a student radio award is definitely one of them um presenting the drive time show because i think this is another thing i think if you're someone that's just coming to student radio you can see the people you'll look at the people who present you know the breakfast show or the drive time show and you'll just sort of look at them with so much envy and you'd be like oh my god imagine being there and like how amazing would that be and the fact is, you can easily become that. All you have to do is just put the work in and, you know, just keep working at it. And, you know, there's no reason why you can't eventually be presenting one of the top shows on that student station. Um, I think another thing is uh, definitely doing festivals, Tea in the Park, and especially that big, I mean, that big reunion festival we went to, it was me and four of the friends got to go to that. Um, and obviously after we'd done the interviews, we got to just go out and party. So, you know, that was really fun. Um, the overnight election coverage that we got to do in, when Brexit happened. Uh, yeah, there's something about doing radio overnight, which you just sort of get in the constant adrenaline in you when you're doing that. Um, and then, yeah, I think, and just working with people as well, because, you know, there's, there still is. There's some really fun people at the station and, you know, just getting to do shows or sitting in the office and sort of joking about with them uh, when you, and sort of coming up with ideas together. And also the nights out, the spark nights out are, are brilliant. So during your time at Spark Sunderland, what was you and your station's involvement with the Student Radio Association? Um, so we'd always been quite heavily involved. So I think, um, so obviously we did all the awards and stuff. Um, and Spark's a bit of a strange one because as well as a student station, it is also a community station. So, you know, we've got an Ofcom license and we're broadcasting on FM, which means that we have sort of key commitments that we have to hit. Um, and sort of like a speech, uh, a number of hours output needs to be produced like live and local and stuff like that, um, which obviously you wouldn't necessarily get on a student station. Um, in some ways, that is a, ban a benefit, though, because, you know, in, in theory, you can go on a student station, you can swear, you can sort of do whatever you want, whereas with this being a, a licensed station, you can't really do that. So you've already kind of got a head start there of sort of knowing like the Ofcom broadcast code and things like that. Um, but I think also you know i mean so i said we went to tea in the park with spark the second year we did it it was actually it was the student radio award student radio association had two press passes for tea in the park and uh, i was just one of the pe people that put my name forward to it so it was me and it was someone called jen thomas uh, she presents on virgin and virgin chilled at the minute um uh, but she started on fly fm she was on fly fm at the time so it was me from spark and her from fly fm so we both met and you know we've kept into each other since so you know we always see each other at the awards and we speak occasionally on messenger or twitter or things like that yeah i've definitely found that like just making this podcast and the student radio community like people will talk to each other through social media because obviously we're all spread out around the uk yeah every i think that's another thing everyone knows everyone so like if you if, if you if you make a good impression in the radio industry you know you'll you'll get your name spread around pretty quick but also if you do something bad people will find out pretty quick just as quick as well 
So finally, what advice do you have for those starting out in radio and wanting to get themselves recognised to help get themselves into the radio industry? So I think the most important thing is, firstly, you need to know what you want to do. You know, there's no point just saying that you want, saying that, you know, if you want to be a presenter, you need to put that focus into being a presenter. It's no good saying, but I'll be a producer. If you if you want to also be a producer, you have to actually generally have an interest. Because at the end of the day, if you go applying for stuff, they'll know pretty quickly whether it's something you're interested in or not. You, you're going to get caught out really quickly. Um, and then I think you need to know exactly so whatever it is that you want to do you need to make sure you've got the experience you need to make sure you're one above everyone else so let's say you know you want to become a radio producer um so firstly you need to make sure people know what you can do you need to you know so get involved you know know how to edit calls know how to produce things you know know how to use adobe audition that is key any sort of even if you want to become a presenter you should always know how to use adobe audition or anything similar to that whatever your editing software uni knows how to use know how to edit things because that is key everyone should ex i can't really think of any roles where you wouldn't ex be expected to at least know how to somewhat edit something so that's i think that's important um and then knowing just how to come up with things being able to work with people because at the end of the day whatever role you're going whether it's presenter or producer you're going to be working with people and you know and you've got to i think you need to be able to be good at listening you know so in particular, you know, if you want to be a presenter, you know, you're going to get feedback. You're going to get some feedback that's good. You're going to get some, you know, I've had really good feedback. I've had some horrible feedback as well from people. And you need to, but you need to listen to it. You know, it's no good if you've done something. So if you're compiling a student, I think especially with the student radio awards coming up, you know, if you're compiling, you know, your entry for your student radio award this year, you know, have a listen to it. You, you know, you'll, you'll have put something in there because you think, you somewhat think it's good you know without being cocky you need to know that in your head that you think it's good and you need other people to listen to it you know give it to maybe the program controller at your student station or you know maybe someone else who's doing a show just even just your friends get them to listen to it because at the end of the day it's easy for you to say you know you you understand what's going on but you know maybe you've done a link and you might play it to your friend and they don't know what's going on if they don't know what's going on the chances are the person listening to that demo for the student radio awards isn't going to know what's going on either. So I think you need to listen to other people, listen to feedback. Um, and in particular, if you are putting in your student radio award, you know, always put, in fact, I'll get to that in a bit, but yeah. And you know, if you want to be a presenter in particular, you know, don't try and copy any other presenters, you know, if you don't just try and be the next Greg James or the next Roman Kemp or anything like that, you know, you've got to be yourself um, you've, and, you know, I think know what you want to do as well. You know, if you've got the idea of becoming like just sort of maybe a breakfast show presenter who just has a bit of banter in the morning, then, you know, don't go into all this trying to talk about the music and stuff like if you like as if you're doing a specialist show, you know, if you're just going to be expected to play your hits and whatever. And at the same time, you know, if you want to become a specialist music presenter, maybe in, you know, alternative music, then there's no good trying to get funny callers on, you know, you need to show that you have an interest in the music and you know, it is, you need to, if you're ever going to submit a demo to a station, you need to tailor it to that station. So, you know, if, if you've got, if you've got links on, you know, doing like a rock show, don't send that into the boss of capital. And, you know, at the same time, if you're, if you're doing, if you are submitting a demo for, you know, classic FM, don't have a dance show because it's, it's never going to work. So do you have any advice for people if they're going to submit a student radio demo? 
Yes. So um, this is speaking partly from experience and partly from speaking to other people. Um, So firstly, if you're going to put your demo together, um, make sure you know what you're going to put in it. Always put your your best link at the start. And, you know, that's key. You know, I think a lot of people, you know, if you can't decide, if you've got a few links and you don't know which is the funniest to put at the start, you know, just ask someone, ask, ask your mate or whoever it is that works at the station or just someone you're friends with, ask them what the thing's the funniest and whatever gets the most popular reaction that needs to go at the start. Um, I think also, I mean, if you're not doing this already, you should, whenever you've done anything funny on air, you should always be archiving it. So when I was submitting for my student radio award last year, um, basically the second that the student, the second that like it hit Christmas, so the year before, I basically created an archive folder and any sort of funny links or funny callers or uh, top, talk topics or anything that I did on air, I would clip it down and I would save it in the archive folder. So as soon as I went to make the demo, all the stuff that I needed was already right there. And then it was just a case of, you know, seeing if there's anything I'd done recently to add to that and then just putting it in order. And then um, I think as well, um, obviously you need to make sure that the links, you're not allowed to edit stuff. Um, but if you do, if there is something where you've maybe done like a little slip up or something, um, just put a sound effect or something there. As long as they know that you've made a little edit, that's fine. Like you're not going to get in trouble for anything like that. Um, obviously it's just like a breath or something. Um, I don't think it's going to be, and you know, at the end of the day, you know, they're not here to judge. If you make the tiniest little slip up, they're not, they're not here to judge on that. They're here to judge on the content that you've made and how what they think of it and if they find it if they found it entertaining or informative and i think a, another thing as well is you know so obviously you you'll have your best link at the start but then i think you need to get as many people as you can to listen to it i know i've kind of said you know and make sure if there's and people will be able to tell you if there's something that they don't think is good you know just getting to be brutally honest if you've got a few links that didn't make it into your demo but you weren't sure about get them to listen to them as well and see if they think maybe one of them would work better in the thing. And yeah, just basically funniest link at the start, least funniest link at the end. Cause you got to remember they might not listen to the whole demo. Um, particularly, you know, obviously for this, they probably will, but if they're listening to, if you send in the future and you send in a demo to someone that works in a radio station, the chances are they won't have time to listen to the full thing. So you've got to have your best stuff at the start and also know which category you're going for. So if you're going for best male or female, um, then you know it's going to be quite then you know you can sort of have a bit of flexibility you might be doing links about music or you might be doing you know funny sort of banter links and stuff like that if you're going for best interview you know you need to make sure that it ticks all the boxes if you're going for best entertainment etc etc so make sure you know which category you're going for uh, you know if you're doing a breakfast show you know you're more than welcome to so say if you were a breakfast show presenter, you might want to go for best entertainment and best female. That's absolutely fine. You know, don't limit your options, but just make sure whatever you are making is tailored for what you're entering for. Because at the end of the day, you can do the best demo in the world, but if it's tailored to the wrong thing, then you're never going to win anything. Well, thank you, Tom, for talking to me for the podcast about your time in student radio, your job now, and all the advice you've given. It's been great to hear from you. No problem. Hope it was some help. Thank you, Tom, for talking to me for the podcast. It's been great to hear about your student radio journey and the work you've been doing now in the radio industry and also all the advice you've given. Stay tuned for more student radio stories to come. Bye, everyone. (laughs) 